Welcome to the EduPunks podcast. This is your host, Craig Biedemann. This is part two of the first segment of In Between Spins, the new monthly feature of the EduPunks podcast, where me and my friend Jacqueline O'Connell will be chatting with another friend about music, new music that's coming out, keeping you educated and updated on the new tunes that are hitting the airwaves so that no one has an excuse to say, oh, there's nothing good out there anymore. Well, here you go. We're giving you a bunch of new tunes to check out. Throughout the year, we'll be having a conversation uh, about new stuff that's coming out and that we're listening to to keep you in the loop. This week, we've had our friend Chris Rosanina on the first episode chatting about our favorite albums from 2017. And today, you're going to get the whole top three. You're going to get a snippet from every single album in our top threes. So about nine songs you're going to get snippets of today, including that first song you heard from St. Vincent at the top of this podcast. So that's a little bit of a spoiler for this top three. But I'm excited to share the rest of this one with you. Uh, If you are a fan of the regular format of the podcast, those will be back on Wednesday. So sure, please uh, stick around for that. And if honestly, this kind of format isn't for you, then this is a week that you get off from having to listen to my voice talking to some other people's voices. Uh, But that'll be back on Wednesday. And you'll hear from me in a little bit in between spins, (laughs) in between the chat. And yeah, let's get to it. Uh, Chris, why don't you start us off? Um, number three is something I would have never thought of, of like listening a few years ago. Uh, Jason Isabel and the Four Hundred Units, the Nashville Sound. Yeah. Uh, so, Craig is the reason why I checked out the album. <laughs> I'm record shopping, and he like pulled it up and like nearly slaps me in the face with it. It was like, listen to this, and I'm like. It's like, why? It's a country <laughs> And I'm just like, but listen to it. It's like, it's a mature um, Americana album about a man coming to terms with his previous addictions, like his role in society. Um, there's just so many topics there's I want so to mu- There's so much in that album. Especially, especially the recovery stuff. It's so great. Yeah, and it just it it almost encompasses like how my taste has like grown as I've become more of an actual adult. I guess. Did you listen to the Jason Isbell album? I you know I did not. Um, I know that Julian played like one or two shows with them, and um, yeah, I just didn't. Li- I saw it on a lot of people's album um, album of the year lists and. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just didn't give it a listen, but it does sound like something that like 
I would enjoy. Um, so I'm definitely gonna, especially the like the uh, Chris's description of it because I read it when he posted his list on Instagram, and mm-hmm. like the songwriting sounds like you know very just real and confrontational and like very you know confrontational with himself you know really having hard conversations with who he is as a person um jason and so i think that um i would definitely be up my alley so i'm going to put it on the list of to listen did you have anything else you wanted to say about isbel yeah i was just like i think it just encompassed like my maturity in my music taste like listening to like a lot of uh jason molina and ryan adams in the the last couple of years and just appreciating like Southern songwriters mm-hmm. yeah, and like seeing what they have to say, because even though white men are shitty, I know because I am one. Um, <laughs> you, you pass, you pass, you, you're, you're, you're Portuguese. <laughs> yeah. I'm i I'm foreign. Um, but like, <laughs> like, I think it's, uh, he has like a song called, um, uh, white man's world and just like him understanding that like people need to understand that that you're not the there no there's no such thing as a dominant race um and that, that really needs to die pretty much the ideology and for someone in like the who gets classified in country music that's a huge statement to be making especially since he refuses to get signed like he refuses to sign with major country labels so he often gets left out of a lot of the conversations on um country music because you won't even hear him on country like radio like i'll ask my sister like hey do you listen to jason isbell and she's like i have no idea who, who you're talking about and she listens to country radio every day and so it blows me away how just because of his stances they won't play his music yeah so i'm actually pretty excited i'm actually seeing him friday night oh yeah yeah i got tickets to that i think actually looking at my top 10 um, him and like Kevin Morby and Vince Staples were the only ones I did not see. Actually, no, in Kendrick Lamar, but I'm seeing Kendrick Lamar in uh, June. But like, I go to a lot of concerts, as you both are aware of. Yeah. And like, I was actually pretty pumped when I was like, yes, I've seen most of my favorite albums this year. <laughs> Jacqueline, who'd you have at three? Ooh, number three, number three is my girl, Annie Clark, aka. St. Vincent. Yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Mass seduction, baby. Mass seduction. That, first of all, that rollout campaign was... Smart. It, it was so smart. It was ridiculous. It was it was perfect. Um, just going to throw that in there. Overall, the album, I saw a lot of people say that it was, like, very, like, you know, too experimental for them because she's always written, like, very, like, um, I mean, prior prior to her self-title, she wrote like very calm, beautiful music. And she kind of worked into this world. What was like a little bit more digitally focused and her breakdown from like how she kind of did like a stripped down version for the NPR tiny desk. Like, Oh my God. (laughs) Broke my damn heart. It was so good. Um, But yeah, the whole album is like fan fucking tastic. It was exactly what I needed from St. Vincent. I like, I saw that she like described it as like dominatrix in a psych ward. And I was like, yes, yes. yes." That actually sounds perfect. Do do you own the record, Jacqueline? I do. Yeah. I picked up the, uh, I think it's the Rough Trade edition. The Rough Trade exclusive. 
Because, like, I mean, there's just... The packaging was unreal. It was so good. Yeah, there's just so much dominatrix stuff going in. And I mean, the song Mass Seduction and even uh, Savior are all about kink culture, which just, hell yeah, girl. <laughs> yeah, Savior is like one of my, like, like on that album, that and like Slow Disco are like my two favorite songs. Because like, I think that Savior like just speaks really bluntly about things that people kind of keep behind the curtain. I thought that was yep. like, yes, Annie, yes, get it. I'll talk about this one a little later. Yes, I know we only have three spots left, but I'll talk about it a little later. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah, you're right. What was but your top three? What was, what was number three for you? My number three is an album that I am very sad not more people got into because I honestly think if people took the moment and took a chance on a Norwegian punk band, you'd have the new Touche Amore, the new Circa Survive, the new At The Drive-In in your fucking ears right now. Blood Commands Cult Drugs was the album that I was so glad that uh, I heard this year because it is nonstop anthemic punk, uh, brutal punk, and the lead singer Karina is one of my new favorite uh, vocalists because she can do so much with her voice um, reminds me of White Lung, reminds me of At The Drive-In, reminds me of Circus Survive at so many different times. And it truly is an album that, like, fucks me up in so many great ways. I, I don't know, I don't know if either totally of you heard honest. it. <laughs> I'm going to be totally honest. I don't even know who that band is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, it was the only, out of both of your lists, it was the only album that I was like, Oh shoot! Who's that? <laughs> so, <laughs> well, they're from I, Norway. I, they're Norwegian. <laughs> and I love, I love like Scandinavian. I really love Scandinavian. I love Scandinavian like doom metal. That's like where my you know the shit's at. But yeah. this is this is definitely. Um, I'm gonna have to check this out because you obviously speak very highly of it, and it's very high on your list. So, um, yeah, I'm glad that you included this. Thank you for including it and introducing me to it. Yeah, and honestly, if you don't like it, I apologize, and I will buy you something you enjoy. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm not gonna like go out and just like buy it. Oh no, no, I'm just saying. Like, I will make this. <laughs> I will make this up to you. Spotify for that. <laughs> oh man, oh, um, I actually listened to it for the first time today, and um, there were parts I enjoyed and parts I really didn't. I didn't. I really enjoyed the heavy sections, but some of the more anthetic, anthemic stuff kind of lost it on me. Um, I think, I'm not sure if we've ever discussed this, but I'm not really quite a big Circus of I fan. That's fine. I think, I think they're phenomenal. I really appreciate what they do in like, their community and what like Anthony means to like, a lot of the people and like the whole safe camp thing. I completely 100% get behind but sometimes the music just kind of gets lost on me that's fine and I mean honestly I would relate them more to At The Drive-In than any other band but that's okay it's kind of reminded me of like older glass jaw and I was just like I can get I can get behind this okay so that was our number three spots you already heard a song from St. Vincent at the very beginning so right now I'm going to play you two songs snippets of two songs uh, The Cumberland Gap by Jason Isbell and the 400 unit and control art delete 
by Blood Command. It might be a little jarring, but hey, it's going to be great. what I was saying about Blood Command. Holy shit. Okay, now let's get to this top two. Chris, what'd you have at two? Number two was um, one of my favorite bands and was at number one for a long time um, was the new Converge album. Um, Nice. Chris, uh, Chris, real quick, I think you're yelling again. I am probably yelling again. I'm sorry. There you go. Uh, (laughs) Um, I'm so excited. Yeah, I was excited. Um, yeah, this um, is NPR. This is NPR. We got to be like sipping tea, <laughs> talking about converge, motherfuckers. <laughs> I and we've already been discussing about like, oh, these are our favorite bands, but we don't want to put them high up because of favoritism, but. The second I started listening to this new Converge album, I was blown away by it, and I wasn't expecting to actually like it. I was kind of like, eh, it might be all right. How can like their upkeenth album actually still be good? And this, I feel a great, great maturity of like, hey, we're not eighteen-year-old kids anymore making punk. We're in our forties, like, um. Jacob talks about fatherhood and depression and a lot of the lyrical content on that is extremely heavy mm-hmm. and they kind of like really start doing a lot of like post metal stuff on it and I'm just like Ugh, it's just I find it so good and I can like tell that they they tour a lot with like neurosis and a lot of post metal bands and you kind of see that in this album um yeah i just i love the album i'm trying not to get too hype right now about it um, <laughs> I, yeah. uh, don't don't 
don't go don't yell about it we 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 know that you like it <laughs> we're, we're here with you buddy yeah we're excited with you and and i mean obviously it was my number 10 and it was a really really great album so i'm glad that you're so jazzed about this this is great i don't think i've talked to i mean i talked to like the normal people or i've seen the normal people be like oh you know like in the like the converged cult it was what you would call it they're like oh my god that album's so good but they like you know kind of like you know fan person about it and that it, it it loses its luster for me when people do that and so you just seem genuine like you obviously genuinely love the band which is great um and you like have great taste in music not that those other people don't but <laughs> no, I, I know what you mean because like i get really like when somebody's just like oh my god you have to listen to this album because it's my favorite band and it's oh, right. their newest album and i'm like please don't talk to me i don't want to listen hear music um you get a lot of that overhype with the you, know? you do get overhyped and i'm just like no but like i kind of like went into the new album like on my own terms and sitting down reading the lyrics like you see somebody that's not an angry person anymore and trying to live a better life and like deal with their depression deal with mm -hmm. their new challenges of being a father and just various other topics and there's a lot of like my favorite lines are on these new albums and it's was at my number one for a good chunk until about the last week of the year when i decided what my number one was going to be and it's just you know i just want to give you a hug right now because that was such a sincere description of the album and what it meant to you and like it's mm -hmm. supposed to be like oh dude they're so fucking hard like this album fucking rips you converge, know, converge. <laughs> you know <laughs> i uh as as one uh major converge fan to another i appreciate your your answer to that and how you feel about that album so yeah. thank you yeah. <laughs> and thank after you. being so sweet jacqueline what was your number two Oh, man. Okay, so the top two were the ones that rotated the most. Like, if there was, like, a ticker or anyone got a dime for how many times they rotated, someone would be rich. So, like, okay, so number two, I'll just say, is Big Thief's Capacity. Mm. Oh! Yeah. So that album was whole. Oh, it was ace. Uh, so I fell in love with the song Mythological Beauty when they just kind of like just released it and then they announced their album and um, you know I really loved Masterpiece but it just didn't really like rank really high for me when it came out um, but man I listened to Capacity I mean as much as I listen to Kendrick Lamar so probably like a couple times a day for weeks at a time and even to this day I still listen to it at least once a day it's so good it's so captivating the songwriting it is just out of this world <laughs> and I just like Adrian Lenker is just amazing and yeah I can't I can gush about this album for days I love it so much so that's number two for me does anybody it's, else listen to that it's such a good album and honestly in one of my one of my earlier drafts um, I think it got as high as like 16. Um, and the, the re really the only reason it started to slip is um, I started to I, I actually discovered a couple things that were like, I don't know, hit me a little bit harder, but I really got into the big the into capacity at the same time I got into that land of talk album as well. The life after youth. And then I just basically rotated those two albums for like a good week. 
And I was just so there for both of those albums. And it is um, some of the best, um, most like authentic songwriting that I've heard in a very long time. And it, it, it really like, it was an album I did not expect to enjoy as much as I did. Um, because I honestly didn't really, I don't think I, I didn't listen to their last album. Somehow I missed it, but, um, I heard objects, the song objects and was like, this is like the tastiest lick of the year. Um, boom, Oh, that is such a good lick in that song. Yeah, I, I felt the same way about like mythological beauty and just like every time it comes on, I'm just like, yeah, I get like really like jazzed about it. And like it has such like a nice little like um, with some, it's so sparkly and like so mm-hmm. sad at the same time. And I just love I love that song. And like at, that like between that song and Demi Moore from Phoebe Bridgers, like those were like the two top songs of like last year. And then we'll talk about my number one. But <laughs> Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Like I actually, I really enjoyed it. I, um, I think it was in my twenties because it was one of those albums that Spotify would put on my radio all the time, and I'm like, I really <laughs> enjoy this, and like I would listen to it occasionally. They're like, okay, cool, I like this, but like I would never like sit down with the lyrics and like fully thing. And then when I was trying to pick up the vinyls, uh, the vinyl for it, um, I could never find it, and I feel like. <laughs> Not like I wouldn't say owning it would have appreciated my value for it, but like it would have gave me time to like sit down and listen to it in a more in depth rather than just in my car driving or at work, like kind of like in the background. Yeah. But every time Mythological Beauty came on, because I've seen you gush about it on social media so often, <laughs> it makes me think of you. Oh. <laughs> well, there's a line in that song. We're gonna get a little personal for a second. There's a line in that song that says. Um, I have an older brother that I don't know. And so, like, I'm not, I don't talk to my older brother. And so, like, I, like, totally, like, resonated with that line. And I was like, oh, my God, this song's about my life. <laughs> Holy shit. Holy oh shit. You're the, you're the second person to say that line affected them in the last few days around me. Because um, my friend Jess, who's the singer of the band Old Soul, said the same thing about the same line. Yeah, it was just, like, it hit me. And I was like, whoa. Is this song about my life? Did Andrea Lanker like where? When did we meet in a past life? Because it was like it's a it's a true line about. I mean, it's different in the song because the, the song talks about giving a child away to ad- for adoption, but it but it still resonated with me so hard, and I like cried like from that point that I heard that lyric for at least the next twenty times I listened to it, I cried <laughs> listening to it. Um, I'm I can keep it together now when I listen to the song, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> of the whole album was just it was so beautiful and I think that you know Asian just they put their heart on their sleeve and it was really just like beautiful uh sorry I, yeah I can stop me now because I'm going to continue about it. <laughs> it's all good and I like that one of your favorite songs was on your number two album uh my favorite song of the year was on my number two album of the year which was As You Please by Citizen um I I was hesitant when the album came out because I'm kind of hesitant a lot with bands that are like kind of hyped over a lot in the scene, if you will. And Citizen is, Citizen is definitely one of those bands. I'm very aware of that. 
And when I, and I'm not a big singles person. I don't listen to a lot of singles. People know that. But I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to Jet. And I listened to Jet. And the first time I listened to it, I was like, okay, that's okay. I listened to it again. And it is now my favorite song of the entire year. <laughs> I think that song is so, the chorus is so fun. And a lot of the times when I just needed to finish a run strong, I would switch from my podcast. I normally run to podcasts and music. Like I switch back and forth. Whenever I needed to finish strong, I would just put on jet and I would just run as fast as I could to finish because like when that chorus hits, it just made me, it just gets me hype and so, but I think this album is truly the band going back to what made them feel what what was comfortable with them on youth, their first album. Very a lot of the songs are pretty straightforward, um but at the same time they're mixing in a lot of stuff that is weird, that is dark, that is heavy. I also just love the way Matt Caracas writes lyrics. He writes in a way that I don't and I'm like I'm a lyric lyricist. I'm a poet. I write as well. And so he puts words in orders and constructs sentences that I would never think to do. And I think it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful testament to the work that they do. Uh, yeah, this album just really meant a lot to me this year. Yeah, I, I definitely agree that like, like that was to date, that is Citizen's best album to date. And I think um, it didn't make my top 48. Um, I don't, I didn't spend as much time with it as I wanted to. I'm sometimes like a person that's like, you know, oh, I'll listen to it a few times and like if it sticks with me, it sticks with me. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And I'll come back to it a later time and probably like gush about it. Um, sometimes a year or two later and I'll be like, where was this album, you know, when it came out? And like, you know, blame everybody else and be like, why didn't anybody tell me about this album? But it definitely is a very good album. I listened to it uh, a few times. It just didn't really, I don't think it really stuck with me. But yes, totally agree that, that Jet is a killer song. It's a banger. And it's funny because uh, World is my alarm clock song. So I wake up every morning to Matt Caracas saying, There's something falling from your fingertips. So I hear that line every single morning. <laughs> you, must, you must like have dreams like with that song. Because like, sometimes like I have dreams and I wake up with a song in my head. Yeah. And it's, like, it's different every day, but you must have that song stuck in your head a lot. <laughs> yeah, I see a lot of stars when I go to bed. Oh. Nailed it. All right. To be able to get that reference, you got to see the Citizen album cover because there are stars all over it. That's the that's the joke. And yes, I just explained a joke on a podcast. Great. We're doing great. Uh, I hope you enjoyed our number two slots. Now I'm going to play you three three snippets of three songs. Mythological Beauty by Big Thief. Jet by Citizen, my song of the year, and a single tear by Converge. All three of these songs are vastly different, but they're all vastly great. Um, incredible music you're about to hear. Hope you enjoy. If you
Hope you love those tunes. Let's bring this home with each of our top albums of the year. Let's do this. Let's finish this strong. All right. Who wants to share their number one first? Um, I'll go first because it was um, already discussed about mm-hmm. um, with uh, Child of the Creators, Scumfuck, Flower Boy. Yeah. Um, which surprisingly made my number one, I guess, because <laughs> like I was saying, the Converge was like my number one for like a good chunk. And then like the last week as like the, the, the last week of the year, I just put all 50 of my albums into one massive playlist and just listen. That's all I listened to for a week to kind of like help me rank the albums. And like, there wasn't a massive drop. It went from like maybe like three or four to one. And um, I think it it's an album that kind of encompassed, like, my last year or two, I feel, in, like, my own life of just, like, kind of blooming as a person and, like, understanding what I kind of want in life a little more um, with the, uh, like, even, like, the photography and, like, understanding that I can do that and do that well. And then... Um, I thought it was like so funny of the whole blooming thing because uh, a friend of mine brought it up how um, I recently, as you both know, changed my Instagram handle from Portugal the Batman to Sea Roses, mm-hmm. and it was like a it was like a flower bloom for me, and it was like kind of like I stopped it, it my Instagram page I guess stopped being uh, a vinyl centric one to being a more like vinyl centric and photography centric one and it also encompasses that the last couple of years like i went from like kind of like stunning hip-hop and rap and like listening to primarily like metal punk and like indie to really falling in love with it again because of like artists like uh, artists like kendrick and kanye but tyler's like growth on this last album was phenomenal and it was like one of my favorite concerts of this year yeah i think we get i i said all i wanted to say about this album but i i think it's true i think it definitely um i can see the parallels in your in knowing you personally the parallels in your life and uh the album as well so i'm really glad that uh that it really did strike with you as much as it did because i think you were also surprised that it um impacted you as much as it did so fuck yeah music yeah. yeah, I love music. <laughs> <laughs> Jacqueline, what was your number one? Uh, I think we can kind of guess at this point, but it's Paramore's yeah. After Laughter. Yeah! Sick! Yes! Okay, uh, so this album, uh, I think, Craig, you said it also as well when we were talking about uh, your number five, is that, you know, really, you know, 10 years ago, and I think I posted on Facebook about the same thing, I would have never guessed that I'd have a Paramore album in my top <laughs> albums in yeah. my number one spot. Yeah. <laughs> me at 28 years old, I never would have thought that that would happen. But it happened. I listened to this album more than I listened to Kendrick's and Big Thieves. It constantly was, like, one of those albums that I'd put on to, like, 
feel a little better and feel a little more pepped up. And then like, once it got into those like really hard songs, like fake happy, I'm just like, man, this is how I feel. This is how it like encapsulates my 2017. Cause I went through a depression curve and like had a lot of anxiety. We, you know, moved from Arlington, Virginia to New York. And it was just like one of those albums that really carried me the entire year. And I just, I remember um, seeing Paramore when they posted that uh, video for Hard Times and it was like the announcement of the new album and me being like, all right, let's check this out. Like, let's see what they've got going on. And I remember watching it and being like, oh my God, I'm falling back in love with them all over again. Cause I loved them so much when I was like 16, 17, 18, um, you know, and, and now to be 28 years old and like reach for this album constantly. Anytime mm-hmm. I'm going anywhere, anytime like I'm like leaving the house, I'm put this on, and then I'll shuffle around after that. But it's just, it is so, so great. I love this album so much, and I think that you know, Idol Worship is probably like the one, like you know, I'm talking about the the songs that really made an impact on last year, and that I think are the top albums of the year. I'd say that Idol Worship is one of those songs, if not the song, because it was just, it was the song I think that Haley wanted to write. You know about you know I'm not anyone's idol like she's not she's not this person that you can put on a pedestal that you like worship in any way and mm-hmm. I think it was really you know she did she said things that she wanted to say and obviously like you said the Aaron Weiss cameo um, which was like what the first song that on a Paramore album that didn't include uh, anyone in the in the group so yeah love that album <laughs> it's so very good and I. I, again, am just, I, I kept going back to it to just, just to like make sure it was my, like in my top five. Like I kept going, but just, and I was like, yep, it has to be. And it's kind of like how I was with the Tegan and Sarah album in 2016. And it, that album, like I, I went back and just pop bangers from beginning to end, a lot of heart, a lot of soul. And yeah, that's where we ended up. So hell yeah. So my number one has also been shared, and it's probably already known by now, but it is St. Vincent's Mass Seduction. The way I do, the way I did my top two this year, my number two is my personal favorite album, which was Citizens, As You Please. Um, but my number one is the album I, I believe to be the best album that was released in 2017. That is an important distinction, I, I think, at least for myself, because I do not think anyone right now, mostly because Carly Rae Jepsen didn't put out an album in 2017, <laughs> no one, no one did pop better than St. Vincent in 2017. And she did pop. She did crazy, weird, noodly guitar stuff. She did everything on this album. She did jazz. She She did a piano ballad. She said motherfucker so many times. And it is one of the most balanced, well-rounded, perfect albums that does not have a single moment of of the album that is wasted. And that is what I love about Annie Clark. She clearly thinks about everything that goes into her albums. And I am so honored that we get to live in this moment with her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just like that album is like, like you said, it's just 
start to finish. It just doesn't leave a moment to spare. And I 100% agree with that statement. And uh, as I've already gushed about it, and I've said a lot about it already, but it is, it's her best work. It's stunning. It's like the culmination of everything she's been like teasing and playing around with in yeah. one album. And that's what, that's what I wanted. And that's what I got. And I, I, there might've been a little bit of confirmation bias. I'll admit but the second I fully heard the whole album, I was like, fuck. I don't know if anything's touching this. So there we go. There are all of our lists. There are all of our lists. We got through it. Does, uh, so Chris, do you want to give folks a quick rundown of your top 10 one more time? All right. So number 10, Kendrick Lamar's Damn. Number nine, Kevin Morby's City Music. Number eight, Elders, Reflection of a Floating World. Number seven, Big Fish, um, Ben Staples, Big Fish Theory. Number six, Incinerary's Thousand Mile Stare. Number five, The Menzingers After the Party. Number four, Mount Aries, A Crow Looked at Me. Uh, number three, Jason Isabel's, and then 400 Units, The Nashville Sounds. Uh, number two, Converge, The Dusk in Us. And number one, Tyler the Creators, Scumfuck, Flower Boy. <laughs> Dang. Jacqueline, do you want to go through yours one more time? Yep. Number 10 is Converges, The Dusk in Us. Number nine, Kalila, Take Me Apart. Number eight, I'm learning. I'm like, can I count backwards? <laughs> Julian Baker, Turn Out the Lights. <laughs> number seven, Kindling's Hush. Uh, number six, SZA, Control. <laughs> Number five, Sammy Lanzetta for Avery EP. Number four, Kendrick Lamar Dam. Number three, St. Vincent's Mass Seduction. Number two, Big Thieves Capacity. Number one, Paramore's After Laughter. Dang. And to blow through mine real quick, you got Julian B at 10 uh, with uh, Turn Out the Lights, Tyler the Creator, Scumfuck, Flower Boy. Uh, eight hundredths rare, uh, can't swim with, uh, fail you again at seven Phoebe Bridgers, a stranger in the Alps at six Paramore's after laughter at five Manchester orchestras, uh, a black mile to the surface at number four. Number three is blood commands, uh, cult drugs. Number two citizen as you please. And number one mass seduction by St. Vincent. We shared a total of 24 different albums. Only six albums overlapped on our three lists, which is honestly an incredible feat, I think. Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah. Do you want to make a note just to do a quick honorable mention? Priests, uh, Nothing Feels Natural was a fantastic album, and I think that that needs to be said. I think it came out in January, and I think some people forgot about it, but it was a really well done political album, and I just need to put that out there. <laughs> it's so it feels so good to buy something you can't afford. <laughs> exactly. So I just needed to mention that because I, I think I, that, I, I think uh, I don't think it got on a lot of lists, and I think it's because it was at, in January, and I feel sad for that because it was on my like top. 20 and it's such a good album and i think that people should revisit it if they can it's wow, so good. because i whoa chris yeah. holy crap i lost you guys for a second i had to rejoin the call wow that was loud Thanks. um Sorry. it was priests uh 
Nothing um, feels natural. Nothing feels natural. That's right. Oh, uh, I have, well, I have the. Yeah, because I got into that because of you, Jacqueline. I like. I was just like, this album looks really cool. I checked it out and fucking loved it. It was actually in my top twenty as well. I have the the vinyl just stand, sitting right there, right next to my record player. Uh, I love that album. It honestly felt like, and this, the first time I listened to it, I text Shauna Potter from War on Women, and I was like, this is like if your band was a post-punk band. <laughs> it, I, uh, I, just, I just wanted to mention it because I feel like it got left off on a lot of lists and it was a very important album of 2017. So not to elongate this podcast by any means or this episode by any means, I just wanted to mention it. Hell yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you both. This was fun. This was fun. Um, was fun. Uh, Jacqueline and I will be back next month to have another conversation about music. Chris, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Chris. Um, uh, you are a wonderful human being. Folks will get to hear a conversation with you pretty soon um, uh, in a couple of weeks, so they can look forward to that as well. And spoiler alert, I suppose. But we rec- already recorded a fun conversation that we had yesterday um, and referenced this, <laughs> <laughs> which was actually very funny. Yes. All right, y'all. Have a good rest of your night. Yes. Have a good one. All right, we did it. I hope folks found some new tunes to check out. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. And we'll be back in a month with another conversation about music with Jacqueline for In Between Spins. It'll be episode two. Not sure what we're talking about yet, but it'll probably be great and involve a lot of great new tunes for you to learn about. Uh, if you like what you heard, please share the podcast. Please tell, please tell your friends. Uh, I've already got good responses from folks enjoying the this format. Uh, but if you really appreciate the interview format, that'll be back on Wednesday. So you have that to look forward to. Give us some likes and rates and reviews in, in the iTunes store and such. Uh, and if you want to find us on Instagram, go to edupunkspod. Uh, on Instagram and Twitter, and you can find uh, Jacqueline O'Connell at Jacqueline underscore O'Connell on Instagram, and Chris at underscore C dot roses underscore at on Instagram as well. And you can always find me at Craig Bidman. You can find pictures of all of our records and all of the music we enjoy on there as well. I'm going to leave you with three snippets of three more songs, our top three albums. You're going to hear Pool by Paramore. You're going to hear Tyler, the Creator, See You Again, and Lost Ageless by St. Vincent. I'll see you in a week. Let's get to work.
what you call it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, I ain't met you. I've been looking, stop the waiting for. I stop the chasing like an alcoholic. You don't understand me, what the fuck do you mean? It's them roast and the cheeks, yeah, it's them dirt colored eyes. Sugar, honey, iced tea, bumblebee on the scene. Yeah, I give up my bakery to have a piece of your pie. 2020-2020 vision. Cupid hit me, Cupid hit me with precision. I wonder if you look both ways when you cross my mind. I said, I said, I'm sick of, sick of, sick of, sick of chasing. You're the one that's always running through my daydream. I I can only see your face when I close my eyes. So. Can I get a kiss? And can you make it last forever? I said I'm about to go to war. How can anybody have you? How can anybody have you and lose you? How can anybody have you and lose you? I lose their minds too. How can anybody have you? How can Superstars, girls in cages playing their guitars, but I'll. 